Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with one of our guest hosts, uh, Alif Huck, who uh, is, comes to us in the background in marketing and then also uh, from HR recruiting and, and psychology. So, uh, Alif, if you can expand a little bit more about what you're doing now, and then we'll get and go back into time into what was Alif like as a kid. So, Alif, what are you up to now? Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for having me on, Luke. I really appreciate that. So what am I doing now? It's your question. Uh, right now, I work full time in a startup here in Toronto. So I work as a digital marketing specialist. So that's my full time gig. Uh, on the side, I do freelance content marketing. Basically, I do whatever I do in my job, but I freelance out to make side income, which is kind of cool, which, uh, which is why I love digital marketing. And, you know, on the side, I like to do dance and just hang out with friends and things of that nature. So uh, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. That's amazing. And if you can go back in time and talk to us a little bit, what was Alif like as a kid? What, what were you like growing up? What was kind of the earliest fond memories or what, what was like uh, in, in the life of Alif? <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so I'll take you back to high school and essentially okay. grade nine and 10. I was like that socially awkward person who didn't really know how to talk to people. Okay. And uh, it, I remember there was a day where one day I would go home for lunch because I was too socially awkward to talk to anyone. And okay. while I was walking home for lunch, my friend uh, was walking in front of me. He's walking the same direction. Uh, it was a friend of mine. And I was worried that my friend would like turn around to like talk to me. And I was <laughs> the whole time during the walk, I'm like, God, please don't turn around because if you turn around, that means I'll have to talk to you. And that just gives me like too much anxiety and I don't know how to hold a conversation. And yeah, if I can summarize that up, I was pretty much like that awkward, shy person who just didn't feel like I can connect with a lot of people and lack social skills. Uh, at school, I was like more of like a C type of person, not like a A or a B. I, in fact, I remember there were days where I would like envy people who would get A's and B's. And I was like, why do they how come they can do it, but I can't? And I was always really hard on myself. Uh, right. But grade 9 and 10, I was like that. But something weird happened between grade 11 and 12. I moved okay. to schools, and then it was like my mind just like did a 180. It was the weirdest thing ever. I, for some reason, became, like, I was so sick of being antisocial. Like, I, I hated myself for that uh, to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to force myself to talk to random people. Like literally just force. And I remember there were times, again, like when walking home for lunch, my friend this time walked in front of me, I would actually go up to him and I'm like, oh God, here I go. I'd walk up to him and be like, hi, how are you? And then I kid you not, it would be like awkward silence for about like <laughs> the whole walk. And I was like thinking about what to say. I think my friend once said like, oh, they cut the grass today. And I'm like, wow, it got so dry to the point we were talking about grass growing. Like what the hell? Uh, but yeah, I, I was sick of just being socially awkward. So I decided to challenge myself and start talking to people more. And I guess that helped me when I went to grade 11 and 12, because I had that mindset switch where I became actually the most popular person in high school. Like everyone sort of knew me. I'd walk around and they'd be like, hey, Leaf, hey, Leaf. I'm like, hey, what's up? And uh, I became like pretty well liked and well known throughout my school. And it was all because back in grade nine or 10, I forced myself to talk to that one friend walking home from school, even though it was awkward, even though it was cringy and everything. But I realized by the time I graduated, graduated grade 12, that one incident alone really shaped me to have friends I do today, the confidence I have today, and all that. 
uh, from there, went to university. I'm sure we can go into that later on. But uh, yeah, graduated university. It's been a couple of years. And now I work full time. Yeah, I'd love to go back uh, in time and, and at that moment. So you're, you're shy, awkward, um, kind of socially awkward is what you call yourself. Um, right. and what what uh, I guess goes in your head to say, I have to talk to this person, right? So how does that tipping point moment or like, was there a build up to it or was it just an automatic, screw it, let me do it. <laughs> what, what, what's going on in your head at that time? Yeah, that was a great question. Um, so I feel like to me at that point, I was like, I was in so much pain and, and like hate against my, it was just so unbearable to the point where I was like, I literally can't go on like this. I, I just have to do it. Like, who cares? Just do it. And, uh, you know what I mean? It wasn't like I wanted to go talk to them. It wasn't like that. It was just like, I had to, because it was just so much built up in me. And because of that, I started like slowly approaching friends. And it's not even like, you know, in high school, like, oh, the hot girl and the popular girl. It's not even like that. It was just like my male friends, like normal guys, just talking right. to them. Uh, it, was, it was like that. And uh, yeah, it just boiled up in me to the point where I just couldn't stand it anymore. And it just put me in the state of like, I just have to do it. I don't, I don't care anymore. And I just started talking to people. Yeah, I think that, that parallels my own story where, well, you're a little ahead of me because I did that kind of in, in uh, third year university, <laughs> but I was in kind mm. of a state of, I wouldn't say, I don't know if I'd call it pain, but more of like, this seems quite pathetic in terms of the life <laughs> that you're living right now. And then I, I kind of said, you know what, I'm screwed. I'm going to talk to this person beside me and same sort of thing. It was kind of awkward. Uh, I, I think, well, it was a female uh, and she kind of like quickly picked up her stuff and ran away, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, no. it, was, it was one of those things. So I, sorry, I got to go to class type of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, mm. you learn and you grow and, and get better. So I, I love to, for you to uh, walk us through kind of a little bit of that mindset. So you have that first conversation. Right. And then what happens? Right. Is, is it all uh, like rainbows and unicorns afterwards? And it's all amazing. Or it's like, whoa, what, what just happened? So so walk us through that kind of like increase to becoming kind of the, the most popular kid in school. Yeah. How that happened. Yeah. So a couple things happened. So first, when I started talking to people more, I realized it actually wasn't that bad. And you know what's weird? I realized people were also worried about talking to me, too. Like meaning like right. they were also socially kind of like, you know, worried about themselves. So I talked to them like. I realized, oh my God, everyone's going through this. It's actually not right. that bad. Why am I so hard on myself? So naturally going into more conversations, it felt more easier and everything. And I, and like, I don't know how it's going to sound, but uh, I started like talking more to guys, like just casual guys, right? And I was sure. like, okay, I think I can hold the conversation now. How do I elevate this? And I remember one part of my social skills, which I felt really anxious about was talking to girls. Like I didn't sure. know how to talk to girls. Like it felt like a whole different species in a way. Um, sure. So I started making friends and I was like, you know what, how about we just, guys, how about we just try to talk to girls in the library? Yeah, okay, sure. And I would do the awkward, cringiest <laughs> thing. I would, I would go on Google best pickup lines to use on a girl. Oh, no. stuff. And, and I was like, okay, this must work, right? Okay, so I took those pickup lines and I would go to the library and I'm like, okay okay master my social skills let's go i remember this one asian girl it was in the library you can't even talk in the library so i was whispering the whole time and i i just like hey i, I said something and i went on this whole boring story and she looked so tired of me and <laughs> it was so awkward um but then i slowly started realizing as i talked to more girls it's like hey why am i doing these pickup lines like it's just a normal conversation like they just right. want to have fun i want to have fun like why am i so serious about this then I stopped thinking about like picking up girls, but instead I, I saw it as just making friends, like genuine friends. And that's what it is. And it's funny because then I started like getting girls to like me and everything. 
which was the weird opposite of what I was trying to do in, in, in a weird universal law type of way. Um, and through that, slowly by slowly, I started building those social skills to the point where once I went, moved schools between grade 11 and 12, when I became popular, I realized like, I really enjoy people. Like I love people getting to know their stories. And like, when I see someone, I'm like, oh my God, you have so many interesting letters to you. Let me just understand you and what you are. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I'd be, approach everything from like a place of just empathy and curiosity. And I'd stop thinking about, oh, what is the next line I should say so that it doesn't become an awkward sentence. Instead, I was like, man, you're pretty interesting. Let me talk to you. Right. And uh, I said, yeah, exactly. And I adapted this mindset. And uh, because of this mindset, I became more naturally confident with uh, my social skills. That, that's amazing. So it sounded like you were interested in people or found that understanding or that interest in people. And that probably is what led you to psychology. Is, is, is that fair to, to say? Or how, how did you end up in, in psychology? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so basically, I was uh, look, graduated from high school and I need to get into a well-paying job because South Asian parents, oh, doctor, lawyer, engineer, you have to be one of those, Perfect. right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I don't have the marks because I, I actually felt like I was pretty dumb compared to my friends who were yeah. in IB and going to like UFT and everything. And I'm like, okay, well, what's something close enough to a doctor so my parents feel like they can be somewhat proud of me? And I'm like, oh, okay, let's be a nurse. Okay, sure, let's be a nurse. So I, I, blindly, I'm like, cool, I can make money. I'll be a nurse, whatever, right? Okay. And I'm just like kind of doing my research to become a nurse. And then I realized like, I think I went to a hospital and I saw needles and I saw like the environment and I saw like patients. And I'm like, like, I cannot do like, I, I don't know about you, but I hate hospitals. Like I hate being <laughs> around them. My knees feel weak. I feel like I'm going to faint the second I go in a hospital. It's such a weird experience. Sure. Uh, then I realized, okay, not nursing. I can't do nursing. So I just applied for random programs, got into psychology. I'm like, cool. And just take psychology. And here's the weird part. So I got into psychology, not because I wanted to, because just because it sounded nice and I had to do something. Sure. And when I talked to my friends in psychology, first year especially, they were, they were in the same place. They didn't know what they wanted to do. So they just took psychology. Right. And I realized, like, I'd ask them, like, what do you want to do? And they're like, I don't know. What do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. That was like, the main <laughs> conversation at that point. Huh? Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got to psychology. It was just kind of, it was not a choice. If I, if I were to go back, I would do something completely different. But sure. Yeah. And, and from psychology, so you're kind of in the same boat as everyone else where they're trying to like, oh, I just picked it because it, it seemed reasonable, good, and I got in. <laughs> right. So what, yeah. were those, what were those three, four years like in, in, in university? Did, did you spend some time kind of figuring out what you wanted to do? Or is it just kind of like aimless wandering or, or just lots of partying because now you're, you're popular and stuff of like that? Or, or what was that experience like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so first four years, I was in my psychology degree. Right? So I'm like, you know, what, I'll just become a psychologist because I have to now, whatever. It's just okay. great, right? But um, I was the kid in university who was super involved. Like, I would be involved right. in everything. And again, a lot of the social skills from high school would carried over to university to the point where I would get involved in so many clubs. I would go out of my way to meet friends in the hallways. And I became, like, so popular. Like, I don't, I don't want to be sounding arrogant or anything, but I remember <laughs> my friend... Uh, he would try to walk with me and every true person we walk by, I know them and they'd be like, hey, Alif, hey, Alif. And it took us like hours going from one building to the, <laughs> the other because it just, there's so many people. In fact, I had another friend who was also popular and I was just, like popular at that time. 
and we were just grabbing food. It would have taken us 10 minutes to go to the cafeteria, come back to the room and go back to work, right? It ended up taking us like three hours just to grab food and finally come back because we just kept bumping into people. It was, it was the time in my life where I felt so like in state, in gratitude. Like I, I'd go to school at 8 a.m. because I freaking loved it. And I'd stay until 12 a.m. because I, oh, wow. again, I freaking loved it. I love scoring a salsa club, meeting people, dancing, doing different clubs. Um, it just, I was like in cloud nine every day it was just the most exciting time in my life but uh essentially by fourth year then I realized like oh my god I don't want to do psychology I don't like what I'm studying I don't <laughs> remember half the things so what do I do and uh, I was like okay I, I ran a student club called the UNICEF at York University okay. and, I, and I like the people management aspect of it I, again people stuff right so I'm like oh I must go into HR because that must be cool all right cool let's go into HR so I did a certificate it was about five thousand dollars for another year so fifth year for an HR certificate. Okay. And uh, I was like, cool, this is kind of cool. So then I do the certificate. I ended up failing it because oh, no. again, I wasn't good at studying. I just wanted to go hang out with people, do club stuff. That, that was go to parties. Like that was what I like. But I actually ended up getting a job in HR because the social skills I learned from high school and university helped me with the LinkedIn DMs, going on phone calls with strangers, networking, network, networking, to the point where I got a job easy compared to my friends who still got the certificate, but were struggling to get a job. Right. So that helped me in my favor. Then I got to HR and a year later, I'm like, I still don't like this. I don't like what I do. I don't like reviewing resumes and doing phone interview screens and all that. What do I do now? And then from there, I started side hustle and career coaching, love the marketing aspect. Then I realized, ah, I need to go into marketing. So I end up like quitting my job with no plan in sight. And I'm like, I'm going to make this work somehow. Okay. Uh, and we can go into the nitty gritty later on, but eventually using a series of unconventional strategies, I got uh, an internship at an agency, a marketing agency, taught me a lot about marketing. Then from there, I worked in another agency. Then I worked in two companies as an in-house marketer and I'm here today. So it's never like a parallel, I find. When I look back on my career, it's always like a down, up, down, up, down, like just like a freaking crazy roller coaster. Yeah, it seems like one of those uh stock market ticker symbols where it goes up, down, up, down, <laughs> down. But at least the, the trajectory is always up, right? It is it, uh, over yeah. over time. So you might have a big market crash or whatever, failing the certificate. But uh, I got a job and, and all my certificate friends didn't. Right? So that's a big, big up on that. So uh, And it exactly. speaks to me on, on the importance of, of some of those social skills where, unfortunately, they, they don't really teach those at schools. But school is a great place to acquire those skills, right? So in school, uh, clubs and extracurriculars, volunteering, part-time jobs, all that sort of stuff is great uh unfortunately none of that's in the classroom <laughs> but um, no. maybe that's a good thing maybe, maybe that's a bad thing but but uh i'd love if you if you uh walk us through a, a little bit about kind, kind of that transition so uh you are in hr and then you you did it for a while so you, so you were there for a, a good couple of years where was that turning point that said you know what I'm not going to keep going, right? I, I got I to gotta call it quits on this. And then how, how is that, that process to start your, your side hustle? Like how does getting that first client or getting that first initiative or putting yourself out there, how does that happen? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, so it's funny, I wrote uh, an email newsletter to my list about this exact journey. And basically okay. what I said in the newsletter is like, I remember there's a specific elevator in the building that I just like hated. And because like, you know, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, I have to go to this job. I go to the GO train and everything. At least I listen to a podcast. At least I'm, I have to walk to the building, right? Sure. So there's some sort of pleasure there. 
But then once the elevator came, I go in the elevator and I knew I was going to the 20th floor to that office again. And there would always be a mirror looking at me. And I would just like, look at the mirror and I like, all I saw was like a zombie. I'm like, I wasn't <laughs> happy. I don't want to go to this thing. Right. So I would like count down every floor all the way to the 20th floor. And when it would ding and then the doors would open up to my office, I'm like, oh, it starts again. Oh my God. <laughs> and then I'd walk it off and I realized this happened so much to the point, very much like my social skills, it just balled up in me and I just couldn't handle it anymore. I needed right. a platform a way to grow myself in the ways I wanted to grow and naturally I thought a side hustle would help me with that so I started career coaching um, and I started loving the landing page funnel building copywriting aspect of the whole business stuff right I was in fact I liked the marketing side more than the actual like coaching side so that was where kind of my mindset I was at and once I realized that I'm like oh my god what am I doing I should be in HR I should be in marketing Sure. So during my HR job, I would actually read marketing blog posts and like videos and how to optimize for conversions and all these like things. And I would just geek out on, on it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so cool. It's cool. I would take notes during my HR job. And like soon enough, like I just caught myself. I'm like, what am I doing? Like this is, I'm not meant to be in HR. I got to right. work in marketing. And uh, I, it was a scary moment for me, but I was like, screw this. I'm just going to quit. Like I'm just going to quit and just figure things out. So I just handed my resignation letter. I still remember the day I printed it off. I was like, my heart was beating. And I'm like, okay, and I have to call my manager. And they were in the, in the States. And uh, I, I called them and I'm like, hey, Kevin, I'm quitting. And he's like, are you sure? Why didn't you stay longer? Why didn't you? And all my all these managers would call me like, why don't you stay? Why don't you stay? Why don't you stay? And I'm like, oh, now you want me, huh? No, no, no. Peace, peace. I'm done. I'm done. Um, but yeah, and essentially, I just had enough of it. I started noticing patterns in myself. Oh, I should actually go this way. And I just decided to take action. Uh, that's amazing. And I'm wondering, were there any kind of uh, parental or familial uh, influences during that stage? Or was it just just all you? Because you mentioned kind of the South Asian parents, right? Uh, the, and the fact that you even <laughs> got a job, it's like, yes, he, he's there. And then like, why would you quit? <laughs> Sounds like the conversation that, that you might hear. So is that what happened? Or is there something else that, that, that went on there? That's a, I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, I remember one day I was at home. It was like 8 p.m. And all I could think was, oh, I have to work the next day. And I think I was telling my parents, I think I had a breakdown or something. I was like, I can't do it, mom and dad. I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh my God. It was okay. like a breakdown. And I remember they were like, it's okay. Just stick with the job. You'll, you'll stick with it. It's comfortable. It's safe. You, you'll eventually make more money. It's okay. And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, I hate my every second of living existence. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe they're just like, you know, I don't know if it's a South Asian thing, cultural thing, but they were like, they were just like, stay at a job. Like, it's your first job. Just stay. Like, what, what do you mean? And uh, at that point, I realized, man, I got to do this for myself. I can't, like, wait for my parents to give me approval or anything. Uh, I just literally have to do it myself. So, like, I just quit. And then my dad was like, why, what, why do you quit? Why, why, why do you quit? And I'm like, and I realized, like, I, they're not going to get it. Like, if, even if I explain, right. it's not going to help. So I just got to stay focused on my goals and you know obviously my friends were like why you do this why do this no 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 but uh eventually now that i made it work now they look at me and they're like oh i'm glad you quit and i'm like okay now you say that huh <laughs> uh, but yeah there was a lot of backlash yeah if you don't mind walking us through kind of dealing with that backlash because that's a lot of uh pressure that a lot of folks are doing i, I know many folks out there is like well you have a good stable job just stick with it for the next 
30, 40 years, right? It's like, oh my God, really? Uh, and 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 they're they're afraid really to, to, to make that that big leap because it is comfortable, it, it's it's safer, quote in, in air quotes, that sort of thing. Um, but oftentimes they do make the, the leap and after pulling in themselves. But but that that first uh, couple of weeks, month, year, if not longer, is like, what am I doing? And and then say, see, I told you so, you shouldn't have quit or whatever. You get all that from 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 mom and dad and elsewhere. So how do you deal with that? Or is that you're so focused on what you're doing that you shut it all out? Or what was that experience like? Yeah, I think because uh, I've been there a couple of times, not just when I quit this job, but I actually quit other jobs too. I've been there okay. and uh, I moved out from my apartment. So I've been there again. Like that spot, that space that you're talking about, I'm actually very familiar with it. And from <laughs> my experience, I learned a couple of things. First, you can't meet it with more friction, meaning if they're heated and you're heated, then it's just not going to work, right? Sure. Uh, a couple, another thing I learned is that they're only saying this because they care about you and they want you to be safe. That's the only right. reason they're bringing this up. And I guess the way they you know, communicate, it might be a little abrasive sometimes, but at the core of it, they just want to make you safe. Right. Third, I also realized as long as you're focused on a vision, a goal, and they see you're moving in a direction, that's really at the core of it what they want. They're, they're, at least from my parents, I think they were worried that I must, I might just become like lost, lazy, play video games all day and just do sure. nothing with myself, right? But yeah. they saw how much effort I was taking to like apply for another job, network, go out to events, meet people and everything. Like I wanted this so bad. So I just like work for it. And I guess that had an effect where they would see me just doing things, making things happen. So eventually I realized like the, the attention was calming down from their end because they saw movement they saw action everything right um but yeah i those are the biggest three things i learned being in that space in that space that you described a couple of times for example even when i moved out i remember buying a car with my dad for the first time it was like hell it was going it was like why do you do this make sure your car and I, I was just way too much right i eventually got a car but i was like i never want to go through that again that was way too much okay. i realized he was just scared at the core of it I, he was he seemed like he was yelling at me but deep down he was just nervous for his first son buying his own car and that's right. where it's coming from uh but essentially uh when i decided to move out uh, i didn't even tell them because i didn't want to oh. go through that i just signed the lease i got the apartment and then i told them one day i moved out they were really disappointed, but it's funny. A couple of months later, my dad calls me and he's like, I'm glad you moved out. You're independent and you're learning a lot of things. And right. it's actually a really smart idea. And I was like, wait, so you're saying this now, but back then you would have yelled at me. So like, <laughs> do you know what you want? Like it's in this place of like, as long as you are, are vision focused, you're moving and you're not being like a dumb dumb with all your time and money. Uh, that's what they really wanted to end. For, for sure. I think that echoes a lot of the experiences that, that I have with, with some folks that I chat with, where at the end of the day, like you said, your, your parents want you to be safe. They want you to be happy, independent, that that sort of thing, right? And sometimes the how, like it, it, for them, it's doctor, lawyer, accountant, engineer, right? That's how you do it. Um, but for uh, other people, well, no, that's that's not how you do it. And uh, for some parents, it's living at home until you're married, that sort of thing. But for others, it's like, no, I need to be uh, out in, in the world, independent, cooking and and doing all the, the, the normal adulting things on my own. So I think that's uh, a great, great adv advice and, and experience to share. So as we start wrapping exactly. things up, I, I'd love it if you could go back and, and share some of that swike. I know you've already done that, the stuff I wish I knew earlier, but if you could pick up a couple of one, two or three things that you would share with uh, young Alif, right? <laughs> in those kind of uh, tur turbulent times, um, maybe in those, those critical milestones or maybe something that you haven't mentioned yet. What are some of the key swike that you'd want to share with uh, yourself and, and some of the audience out there? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so if I were to tell my younger self some advice that I would give, again, to my younger self, first is I would tell myself, everyone is flawed and in pain in some way of their own, and no one is above you or below you. Everyone's suffering through something. And right. what that will do is uh, help you to humanize others so you don't feel intimidated when reaching out to like a recruiter or a senior marketing professional on LinkedIn or something, right? Uh, right. Once I had this, once I realized this, like everyone's already actually messed up in their own way, even I messed up. <laughs> It sure. just humanized everything. All the stress just kind of came down from my shoulder and talking to people was much easier. Reaching out to people was much easier. Asking for help was much easier. Uh, so that's one. Uh, number two, I feel, it's my opinion, one of the most important skills you can learn in life are just general social skills, mm. meaning how do you hold a conversation? How do you build rapport? And how do you make someone feel good after you have a conversation with them? Uh, so always developing learning social skills. That's probably one of the most important things. And I think... If there's one thing that at least helped me to be like successful with and to where I am today, it's always been uh, being curious and executing on the curiosity. Right. So, you know, I was curious about marketing, so I took my job, do that. I was curious about moving, you know, decided to put my decided to move out and just do that. I was curious about building a side business and freelancing and reaching out to B2B clients. So I decided to do that, right? Um, so curiosity will generally get you, at least got me really far. Yeah, I think all those are amazing ones. And, and what speaks to me on, on that is, is that that curiosity, it's, it's just that until you turn it into action, right? So I think that execution and actually exploring that, turning that curiosity into an interest, interest into excitement and excitement to potentially a passion or purpose or whatever that, that is. And on the social skills, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Even if you're kind of one of those technical folks like like me, who are well, like us, who are socially awkward, that sort of thing, it would it, uh, you can learn it. Uh, it. It is something that you can develop and, and and get through. You don't have to be the world's greatest or the most popular kid in in high school or, or university or whatever. But uh, oftentimes, just being good enough. Uh, and I find that that empathy is is one of those core. Uh, basis of, of social skills where if you can put yourself in other people's shoes, what are they, they, they feeling and what's important to them, that, that can be a, an, an important way to uh, gain those social mm -hmm. skills. And, and the, yeah. the uh, flaws and pain, you're right. Everyone's going through something. I'm going through, through, through stuff as well. Um, and and it, it had different problems for, for different folks, right? Uh, so as long as you know that everybody's going through it, nobody's perfect, right? Uh, they're Perfection is is an illusion, really. Uh, I think all of those things are, are great uh, pieces of advice. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'd, I'd love to have you back to do a deeper dive on things like like um, recruiting or, or, or marketing or even some of this mindset stuff would be helpful. And even on the social skills. Uh, but in, in, before we get you back on, where can folks uh, reach out if they want to connect with you or if they want to learn a little bit more? And, and maybe what are a couple of projects that are upcoming that we might look forward to hearing about? Yeah, for sure. If you want to get in touch with me, I have a YouTube channel where I share like a lot of career mindset and marketing tips. So Alif Hawk, A-L-I-F space H-U-Q. You can add me on, connect with me on LinkedIn. So Alif Hawk. And uh, Instagram is more my personal thing, but I'm happy to have you follow me. That is A-L-I-F I-O-S. In terms of what I'm working on next, uh, I'm going to build up my YouTube channel more, sharing more content. And on top of that, uh, just continuing my freelancing and seeing how that goes. That's amazing. So yeah, thanks a lot, uh, Ali, for, for sharing that information. We'll obviously link all that in, in the show notes, but thanks for joining us and uh, hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode. Of course. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun doing this. Thanks, Leaf. Take care. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. 
Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.